is the return of net supply. Um, you know, very large still government funding needs in the absence of QE means that we will have to find true private sector investors to buy and hold those bonds. And that's something that we haven't done in a significant amount of time. Since 2014 in the Eurozone, since earlier than that in the US and the UK. Um, and by the way, how those three things, or even the multitude of factors, how they interact and interplay and, and affect each other from day to day will, will, will change. Um, you know, we're working into a, a market where we'll have to be very flexible, adaptable, informed, um, because we have not seen you know, these sorts of forces on the market and, and, and how they, they all combine is also an, another sort of variable here. But get back to the point on, on net supply. Clearly that's changed. We're expecting hundreds of billions of supply in the Eurozone uh, on a net basis, given the absence of QE next year. Um, that's, again, you know, as I say, the central bank will not be soaking that supply up. It will be private sector investors with a very different approach to the market, life insurance companies, pension funds, banks, hedge funds, um, who have an entirely different way of pricing that risk to the ECB. Uh, and the price sensitivity is different, or the price insensitivity is different. And again, having an understanding of those private sector investors, what they want to achieve, um, having a deep dialogue with them, and, and a way of uh, understanding uh, their needs and how to make a debt market attractive is really going to be the key. It sounds, sounds so simple almost to be untrue, but I think the simple messages in a complex time are what you need to cling on to and have some sort of strategy and have some principles around your strategy. Listen, to get to the point of the question, given the conference that we're at, um, you know, and, and, and focusing on Greece, I see strengths in a country that was perhaps potentially or arguably the least affected by QE, the least reliant on QE over the course of many years. I see a debt office that spent uh, a vast amount of time making themselves truly expert in attracting private sector investors in, in, to a scale that perhaps hasn't been uh, the case across the rest of Europe. And I see a market at interesting yields. You know, I, when I talk about private sector investors, they need to be compensated for risk. And I think, arguably, the Greek market has moved to an extent that, that hasn't been replicated across other Eurozone government bond markets. Um, so we, we, we need to offer people opportunities. And, and, and looking at yield levels now, where they were versus only January of this year, we've moved at a significant, uh, a significant pace. And, and perhaps just to wrap up, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a huge burst of syndicated bond issuance, a record November, actually, 150 billion out of Europe, similar numbers in the US. That gives you a sense that private sector investors are ready to move. And I think that we have an optimistic foundation here to, to move ahead with, with Greece, you know, arguably against some of its closer peers. Great. Thank you so much, Lee, for your answer. And, um, uh, I would have to say that, uh, yeah, Greece is not dependent on, uh, had not been as dependent on QE, but uh, I think that's also unfortunate. We were holding an umbrella while money were raining down. Uh, and I, I guess this leads to, to a question for, for Dimitris, uh, who heads the, the debt management office. Um, Dimitris, can you please summarize for us the key trends for 2022 in relation to Greece's sovereign debt management and help us understand or explain your philosophy and objectives for 2023? Yeah. Thank you very much, Antonis. Um, first of all, I need to stress that uh, so far we have achieved all of our targets as far as the funding strategy and the portfolio management strategy is concerned. Especially, we need to take into account what is, comes next in the volatile interest rate environment in the capital markets. 
the increasing inflation, and therefore the increasing uh, interest rates. Uh, I need to remind you that a year ago, according to the plan that we have presented through our uh, funding strategy, the funds that uh, we wanted to, uh, uh, let's say, to raise from the capital markets in order to cover gross financing needs for 2022 was uh, approximately 12 billion. So far, we have raised 8.3 billion. And I need to stress that we were done since April as far as the funding strategy. Why we reduced or why we were able to reduce uh, the funding activity by approximately 4 billion for this year? because of the positive surprise, the positive outcome as far as the real and the nominal GDP growth, i.e. the inflation in combination with the real GDP growth. Uh, I need to remind you that according to the initial assumptions for this year, the real GDP growth should be uh, in, in the order of close to 10 to 12 billion. The final outcome will be close to 30 billion. And in order for you to make your own calculations, you need to use a simple rule of thumb. For every 10 billion of additional nominal GDP increase, uh, the tax revenues are increased by 3.5 billion, the one third. Out of which two thirds has to do with the uh, indirect tax, i.e. VAT, and the other one third has to do with the income tax. So by having a positive surprise of more than 15 billion, following uh, or according to the initial uh, uh, assumptions, you may understand that we now can say that we have more than 5 billion of tax revenues. That's why we were able to reduce the funding strategy by 4 billion compared to the initial assumptions on the funding strategy for 2022. Now, for the next year, because everybody is keen to hear this, uh, let's say, strat the strategy for next year, uh, it will be publicly available in a couple shortly after the ratification of the state budget by the Greek Parliament uh, by the end of this year, 20th, 21st of uh, December, most probably. During the Christmas Eve, the present of PDMA to the worldwide, let's say, to the universe will be <laughs> the next uh, funding strategy. But let me give you a flavor of uh, this funding strategy. Seven to eight billion, not more than this, and in this amount we need to incorporate also the possibility to issue a green bond issuance. I need to stress that we have already appointed a bank, one of primary dealers, is BNB Paribas, almost a year ago, to play this role or to have this role of the structuring advisor for a green bond issuance. I'm going to revert on this issue. So why seven to eight? Uh, seven billion has to do with the amortizations of next year. I need to remind you that initially, the original uh, uh, amortization profile had to do with 11 billion, but again, due to the prepayment of uh, the IMF loans and the upcoming early repayment of one big chunk of uh, the GLF loan, close to 2.7 billion that have to do with amortizations of next year, 4 billion of the original amortizations have already or will be uh, prepaid within this year. So, uh, the, the gross financing needs will be deteriorated by this amount. On top of the 7 billion remaining amount of amortizations, we need to add 4.6 billion of interest payments. Let me take the opportunity now to tell you, and please, once again, I need to remind you, because you know consistency for us is key element of our, let's say, uh, operation. Two years ago, the annual interest payments were 5.7 billion. Last year was 5.2 billion. This year will be 4.8 billion. Next year will be 4.6 billion. Please don't put a bet with me. In two years' time, we will be even lower. In the upcoming five to 10 years, most probably, we will have a stabilized amount of 
much less than 5 billion not, will not exceed in any case the 5 billion, close to, to the lower, let's say, to, to 4 uh, billion, uh, something between 4 and 4.5 billion. This has to do mainly with uh, the portfolio management strategy that we have done so far. And I need to stress and to remind myself, first of all, and to you, that uh, the solidarity that has been provided so far by the Eurozone partners, uh, i.e., uh, the, the, the short, the medium, and the long-term measures, debt relief measures for the Greek debt, uh, reassure us that uh, uh, most probably for the next 20 years there will be no nasty surprises as far as, as, far as the, the servicing cost of the Greek public debt is concerned. So, 7 billion the amortizations for next year after the prepayments that I mentioned before, plus 4.6 billion. Uh, the annual interest payment makes 11.6, minus 1.5 billion that will be most probably, and this is a conservative assumption, the primary surplus. This gives us as an outcome 10.1 billion. We have decided to provide on top of others, other elements, uh, a, a positive surprise both to rating agencies and to investors community. Next year, or at least this will be the effort and the target, the outstanding amount of our debt will be stable and equal. This is the effort, this is the target. Uh, uh, with the, this year's uh, uh, year of end, year of end, sorry, year end of 2022, uh, outstanding amount that will be most probably in the area of 355, 356 billion. So we want to provide an additional positive surprise because indeed for us, and according to our baseline scenario, the uh, investment grade status will be achieved by the end of next year after having beha leaving behind uh, uh, the, the elections that creates uncertainty. There is no political risk in Greece, believe it or not. Whoever will be the, whichever will be the political party, most probably we, we will continue implementing structural reforms as they have been decided between the Greek, uh, the Hellenic Republic and the European uh, institutions. Um, so there, there is no political uh, risk, but there is political uncertainty because if you need to achieve a, a fiscal consolidation of approximately 5 billion minus 3.5 billion this year to positive 1.5 billion next year primary surplus, and I'm referring to the fiscal number, then you, need, you have no time to lose. You have no time, let's say, to lose two, three, four months just uh, trying to find, let's say, the new government. So there is a political uncertainty. I think that everything will be in the, end, uh, in the right way, in the right order. So this is the first uh, that we need to leave behind. But on the other side, we need to, to provide, as I mentioned before, positive surprises, not only providing or uh, showing that the, the Greek debt is in a falling trend uh, in relative terms as a percentage of the GDP. It seems that now this is a piece of cake for us. But still, we need to stabilize the number, i.e. the outstanding amount. So in this context, 7 billion will be more or less uh, uh, the funding activity for next year. And last but not least, because this is the, uh, the, the subject of this, of this panel, we have to face a severe risk as far as the GGB market is concerned, and this is the liquidity, the lack of liquidity, uh, which uh, one way or another should be resolved. I'm, I need to be honest as always with you. This problem cannot be uh, uh, result in a blink of an eye. It will take time. I need to remind you that a, a decade ago, more than a decade ago, we used to be a sovereign issuer 
with an outstanding amount of debt similar to the today's level, 365, out of which the two-thirds, 265 billion, used to be what we call tradable debt. At that point of time, we, had, uh, we used to have a liquid secondary market. Now, after the imposition of the PSI, after the debt, uh, debt buyback that took place in December 2012, now the outstanding amount, even if we take into account the, uh, let's say, the funding activity that we had the, recent, the last uh, three to four years, uh, unfortunately, the tradable portfolio is close to 85 billion. I don't want to analyze, but only or even less than 5 billion is the free float. Because the PPP had, uh, was a valuable, valuable contribution or had a valuable contribution as far as the funding activity of the Hellenic public on the other side create, created a side effect of the lack of liquidity. So what we are going to do for the upcoming year recently, and thanks uh, to my political supervisors that they bought the argument, uh, the new uh, law for the operation of the PDMA was ratified by the Greek parliament. It was uh, uh, on, on uh, June 16th. According to this law, now the PDMA has the opportunity to issue over and above its funding strategy securities, and these securities being uh, the PDMA being able to, kept, uh, to, to keep them uh, uh, to its uh, port, port securities uh, uh, account, to its portfolio. This uh, element will provide us, uh, these additional securities will provide us the opportunity to. Uh, get into or to introduce a kind of a repo facility, mainly addressed to the primary dealers of ours, in order to provide a way out to those that are trapped by accident. We are not going to facilitate those that they want to make profits due to their short positions. On the other side, somehow we need to facilitate the secondary markets operation. The next step or the next, uh, uh, let's say, facility that we are going to provide, I need to remind you that this year we started uh, we introduced, on an ad hoc basis, I need to stress, auctions in order to provide additional supply to inject with supply, let's say, specific maturity points across the maturity spectrum that we have realized uh, that there were distortions at that point of time. Now, this will take a more regular format, i.e., we are going to establish on a regular basis a communication with our primary dealers on a monthly basis, most probably. We are going to announce on a monthly basis an auction program, but I need to stress the decision, the final decision, if we need to proceed or not to proceed with an auction, it will be based on our sole discretion. So everybody will be in a position to know that once a month, most probably an auction is coming, but the final uh, decision will be taken uh, a couple of days before based on, on the appetite of uh, our primary dealers, the information provided by them. Uh, my last point, because I think that I took a lot of uh, the time, but my last point should be the following. We don't really care about the interest rate environment. Why? Because we have plenty of cash reserves. I need to stress that uh, when we are talking about of zero cash reserves, we mean 25 billion at least. So I need to reassure you that there is no possibility Hellenic Club Hellenic Republic not to meet its debt obligations under any circumstances in the upcoming years. And secondly, because we are overhedged as far as the interest rate exposure is concerned. The combination of, two, of these two elements provide us, provides us uh, the, the possibility either to issue uh, at the levels as far as the funding cost is concerned that we used to issue two years ago, less than 3%, for weighted average maturity of 10 years, or not to issue at all, 
uh, IE zero funding costs for the next four years at least. So this is my optimistic approach, which is, to be honest, a conservative one. Uh, the best is yet to come as always. This is my last uh, statement in these panels. And believe me, please check my consistency in a year's time once again if we, we will be in a position at that point of time to say that we delivered or not. Thank you and sorry for taking your, your time. Uh, Dimitri, actually you didn't because you asked question number two and number three that I had. So uh, thanks for the comprehensive answer. Most importantly, thank you for the impressive and tireless efforts to, to further de-risk the Greek sovereign, which is uh, very impressive and I think they should be recognized. Um, uh, now, uh, Chris, um, you sit on both sides of the balance sheet at the National Bank of Greece. All bank CFOs have a unique perspective. On one hand, you have the clear view of what is happening in the real economy through the bank's lending operations in real time. On the other hand, you're tasked, among other things, with raising and managing liquidity for the bank um, so that the bank can operate and function. Uh, you're a borrower, you're a lender, and in both cases, a very sophisticated one um, with uh, real access to a lot of information. Against that, what is happening in the money markets in Europe in general uh, and in Greece in particular? Is liquidity diminishing and what is the outlook for borrowers and investors as we go into 2023? And I know it's a long question. Hopefully, you'll give us as brief of an answer it's as a possible. Short answer, because I'll be chased down. No, <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> From the perspective of banks, uh, indeed 2022 has been a very challenging and volatile year for the money markets, both in Europe and in Greece in particular. So we had the war in Ukraine, we had the increase in energy prices, we had the, the rocketing inflation, which along with the, the overall macro uncertainty did not help at all. Neither investors nor borrowers liked uncertainty. Now, as a result, we've experienced a slowdown in the money markets for the best part of the year. Um, however, we've seen an improvement in the conditions towards uh, the end of the year in the last four weeks. Uh, it was mentioned before as well. We've seen that in Greece as well with all four banks taking advantage of this window of opportunity and coming out in the market uh, for dead issuances. Um, so I think we are finishing 2022 with optimism and entering to 2023 uh, uh, with this momentum, positive momentum, despite the fact that it's an election year, as Dimitri said. Nevertheless, the dynamics seem to have to improve compared to what we've experienced in 2022. Now, on a more positive note, in terms of uh, liquidity for the banks, I, I can assure you that all four banks and the banking sector in general is quite well in terms of its liquidity position. Both four banks mm -hmm. operate with very healthy loan-to-deposit ratios, well below the 100% uh, mark. Uh, the stock of deposits has been growing for both corporates and households for at least the last three years. Uh, year to date, this year, we are up uh, by about 8 billion, more than 8 billion of deposits year to date. And the expectation going forward in 2023 is again for an increase in the, in the, um, in the, in the level of deposits in line with nominal GDP growth. Uh, we at National Bank of Greece, I think we're sitting very comfortable in terms of our liquidity position. We have a significant excess cash balance, even after the recent change in policy from ECB with regards to the TLTRO facility. Uh, in fact, we have re early repaid 2 billion of our TLTRO uh, programs in November, 
and we have uh, another 1.5 billion of repayment coming up by the end of the year. Uh, all in all, our original TLTRO balance, to give you some perspective, was 11.6 billion. So uh, to that end, liquidity is at good levels with uh, the green uh, banking sector. Now, another thing that we need to mention is the cost of money, the cost of funding. Rates have been going up. Uh, inevitably, the cost of funds has gone up, and that has affected significantly already uh, the cost of issuances. As you, as you, as you saw this year, uh, the cost of issuances has gone more than double from what the banks were issuing uh, last year, not just in Greece, but in Europe in general. And uh, to finish off this, uh, this, this first question, we've already started to experience the increase in the cost of funds in deposits as well. I don't know if you follow closely the, the Greek banks, but uh, all banks have now started to change policy. And you've seen us spiking up the, um, the time deposit uh, costs uh, in the last um, four to six weeks. So that's where we are uh, as a system. Thank you, Chris. Um, Andoni, what does the international capital market environment mean for your Greek clients in Greece as you see it? Uh, and do you see opportunities in 2023? How will Greek issuers adapt to what is likely and admittedly a, a harsher economic environment? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, I guess, you know, we heard Dimitris, obviously, I'm not going to spend time on, on the sovereign. I think they were very prudent, you know, going very early this year. <clears throat> so, so I think, as he said as well, you know, it's not a matter of uh, where, the, where the market is. Uh, frequent issuers need to, need to issue, and, and they will issue when, the, when there are windows. Uh, I mean, if we, if we take a step back and talk about the corporates, I guess, which they're not represented here today, and I guess the reason is that they haven't made any issues this year, but uh, to be honest, that's not, that wasn't the problem. Uh, the banks, as Christo said, they're very liquid. They, they pretty much filled the gap there. Um, now, on, on, on the fixed side, on the financial institutions, um, I think Christos was a bit modest. Uh, I would say that you know, all of them, including NBG, did a fantastic job because during the, you know, the year was very challenging, as we all know. You know we, we talked about it already, uh, you know, inflation, you know, uh, growth not, not going great outside Greece, uh, but also Greece probably is going to be a bit challenging uh, you know, in the next few quarters. But when, uh, when uh, you know, the windows were there, uh, uh, you know, pretty much all the banks uh, had done the homework early. They were meeting investors early. They were ready to go. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, on, on the count, we had something like seven transactions happening in, in a matter of weeks. I think from NBG as well, uh, again, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm allowed by Christos, I'll say you know, they were impressive. They, they, they opened the market on the international side with a proper international bond. Then, you know, we, we show a GBB issuance, you know, British pound, which we haven't seen for decade plus, coming from a Greek bank and also private placement. And that's also from, you know, the same happened from the other banks as well. Alpha Bank did two issues now. Eurobank had a tier two, uh, all very well placed. Piraeus Bank, the same. So I think, you know, the, the advice obviously and you know, our clients are pretty much frequent issuers and most of the times know what to do without even us advising, is to be ready and, uh, and uh, when the window is there to, to uh, prudently go on the market and print 
um, transactions at elevated levels, but that's what the market is, so, so you, need to, uh, you need to do that. Uh, liquidity is not a problem, as you know, for the, for the Greek banks. They need to issue MREL, they need to uh, issue for, for capital perspective. So, uh, you know, uh, they need to follow the regulator uh, guidance. Um, so so they, they will do so, and they've been doing so. Um, with regards to, uh, to, uh, to the next year, um, and I guess we're all hearing here it's not going to be an easy year, is, uh, is maybe for, for, the, for the issues to be ready, as we said, but also, you know, there's a trade of, and Christos will probably refer to that as well, of going early in the year or waiting for maybe the market to be calmer or the, uh, the environment to be better or the cost not to, not to run its course. Uh, but uh, again, our advice would be to, to target early windows. When you have them earlier in the year, you go ahead and you, and you print. It's, it's, a, it's not a, you know, uh, it's a marathon, uh, let's call it, uh, and, and a long game. So at the end of the day, sometimes you will issue at the better conditions, sometimes at worse conditions, but at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's, it's good to take the risk, if I may use the word, uh, out and go earlier rather than later. So that's, that's all for me. Thank you so much, Antoni. And before I ask another couple of short questions, I wanted to see if anybody has questions from the audience. If not, I'll get to a couple of short questions to uh, uh, Lee and Miriam. Uh, Miriam, when discussing with clients, what are some of the alternative uh, source of uh, liquidity that you're putting on the table or offering that, or that you see are, that are available at this point? Um, well, I think that in uh, sustainable finance, um, the main source of liquidity at this point with all the products that have um, emerged, uh, it's still the green bond. Um, I think that, um, you know, Dimitris was um, referring to it. Uh, some of the sovereigns in Europe right now have that issue with the green bonds, with the instrument that was providing um, the most liquidity. Uh, and just to step back a little bit, um, the growth of the green bond market uh, ballooned at the time that the sovereigns decided to enter that market because they provided that um, critical mass. They basically send the message out that if the sovereign is issuing a green bond, they will be able to provide a, a certain size and therefore investors can up their commitments to sustainability. Uh, an investor is not going to commit two billion, three billion of uh, investments in green if they don't see that they will be able to source the assets. So this market balloon when the sovereigns um, enter that market. And so uh, their contribution, even if they were a little bit late into the game, was really to provide that, um, that level of liquidity. Um, so at this stage, I would say that um, it's still the green uh, bond uh, product that provides that liquidity, but I do concur with the fact that you know we still have um, a lot of work to do um, and some uh, headwinds, uh, particularly in Europe coming from the European Union, who is now the largest issuer of sustainability bonds and is on its way to be the largest issuer of green bonds. And of course, um, they source the uh, expenditures from the European countries, which limits the capacity from a European sovereign to issue a green bond. So, 
Thank you so much, Andrea. And one like, last quick question uh, for, for Lee. Um, against the significant appreciation of the U.S. dollar compared to other currencies, um, can you comment a little bit on the impact that this is having on uh, global markets, especially emerging markets, and maybe to be a little more specific about markets like Turkey, which are neighboring to Greece and a little more relevant? Uh, and I think this will be the last question, sorry, for the rest of the panel since uh, we're under time pressure. Big, big build-up for me to finish well, then. Thanks. Um, listen, maybe I won't pick out individual EM countries or, or maybe EM at all. I think if you entered into 2022 with a business model or a solvent financing plan that relied on a, a plentiful supply of cheap dollars uh, or low rates or low discounting rates, then you, know, you were in for a bumpy ride. We, we knew that. Uh, if you had an unhedged dollar position, you, you were definitely in for a very bumpy ride. Um, as was said earlier on, cost of money has changed dramatically, and we, and we can see that. You're not really my ex area of expertise, but you can see that in tech stocks, you can see that in areas of the property market, you can see it in the end, as, as you say. I think um, you have to remember the topic of this panel and this conference. It, it's not Greece. You know, there was a temptation, I guess, a few years ago to take the dollar market and the, and, and the, you know, the, the obvious advantages that are there, but instead there was a very, very careful, prudent approach to nurture the investor base, which I talked about a little bit earlier on, nurture a, a very, very thorough risk management plan. Um, and whilst you might get EM levels of growth, I think the Minister said that earlier on, you don't have the EM risks that, that, that come with it. So uh, just to be fair to Turkey, they did manage to get a deal done just recently. The rates have changed. We'll see the medium-term impact of that. But that's the optimistic point that I think one of my colleagues here mentioned is um, the markets that have repriced the most have been the ones that have been attracting attention. Um, and we enter into next year not complacent. You, know, you need to have advice. You need to have people that understand the depth of the market. I'm, I'm happy to give out my phone number afterwards, Barclays, by the way. Um, uh, but as long as you have that, you know, we, we've moved a long way this year, and it was important to do that, but it's done. The Fed can't do what it did this year again next year. So the risks are not away from us, but, but we do, I'll end on an optimistic note, you know, we, we, we have more than hope. We have some optimism there. And, and the markets always look ahead, so we're, we're hopeful as well. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, uh, for your inputs uh, on this panel. And uh, again, if there's no other questions, I think that's a wrap.